We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Ramstock Radio. I'm Super Barrow. No Johnny here this week. The draft is tomorrow, first round, although the Rams are not picking till Friday. Maybe longer. You never know with, with them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
But uh, yeah, no Johnny this week. Today I'm going to be joined by Rams Wires managing editor Cam De Silva. We're going to get his take on the draft. You guys have already heard ours. If you've been listening, if you haven't, look back at the last couple of weeks. We talked a lot of draft. We had Kevin Masarajan on a couple of weeks ago, and then Johnny and I gave some takes last week. Uh, but yeah, this week we're going to get Cam's take, and we are ready, man. It's it's coming up. We're almost here. Uh, and then, of course, after the draft, we will have lots of thoughts on the guys that I'm drafting. And stay tuned to the feed for the next couple of days as you probably be getting content from the Rams Talk radio feed every day. So without further ado, here is Cam DeSilva. All right, I'm here with managing editor at the Rams Wire, Cam DeSilva. Cam, how you been, man? Been a while since you came on. Good, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, do- I'm doing good. Drafts in two days. Rams drafts in three days, maybe, if we keep all our picks. <laughs> uh, you never know. Uh, so I guess first things, like, obviously, you've done a ton of research on this. Uh, you know, I – and I'm not saying this just because we work together in a small capacity. I usually check Rams wire, like, literally before every podcast I do to make sure I didn't miss anything because you're always on top of it. But uh, I guess, like, you've obviously done your research on what you think the Rams are going to do, what players are out there. I guess my first question is, because this is a luxury the Rams kind of have right now. Do you think at at 52, the Rams are going to look just best player available like they've kind of done in the past? Or do you think that there's a positional need that they see clearly that they are going to try and address with that pick? Well, with less need, you never really know what they're going to do. I didn't expect them to take a running back and wide receiver last year, and that's where they went with their first two picks with Akers and Jefferson. So you never really know. Um, they kind of seem like they look out a few years, like with the the Taylor Rapp pick, even though they had Eric Weddle and John Johnson kind of set up. Um, they took Fuller and Burgess last year, knowing that Johnson was probably going to leave. Um, so they usually draft kind of for a year out, even, even Joe Nopum, you can, you can look at him just being kind of a future pick. So um you, you really have to look at their future needs. I don't think less need is going to reach for any position in particular, no matter what pick the Rams are going to be selecting at. Um, I, I think they would be wise to target an offensive lineman, an interior offensive lineman at 57, or at least sometime on day two, whether it's in the third round or, or the second round. Um, a center, you could take a guard and, and try to move Austin Corbett to center. So they do have options. I don't think they're going to reach for anyone. I don't think I certainly don't think they're going to reach for an inside linebacker. That's one position they've shown they're not really uh, putting a lot of value in. They could take a pass rusher, um, just with the uncertainty with Terrell Lewis and and Okoronkwo with their injury history. Justin Hollins is decent, but he's not a great pass rusher. Um, so there's a number of different directions they can go. I can pretty strongly say I don't think they're going to take another running back. I don't think they're going to take a, a quarterback. Um, those are two positions that I would be shocked if they took at 57 tight end, you can throw in there too, but, um, almost anything else is on the table, I would say. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where me and Johnny netted out. Like, I think literally running back is the only position that they wouldn't take under any circumstances. Quarterback, highly unlikely, but like if a really good player fell, you know, I think they'd think about it. Yep. if the top running back fell, I think it's like literally the only position they wouldn't consider. Yeah, I, I would. I think they'd be crazy to take a running back that early again. Yeah, that <laughs> we got some serious questions if they do that again. <laughs> a lot bigger questions than last year. Yeah, um, which ultimately 
you know, whether or not it's the right pick probably will work out because Akers seems seems like a stud. I'm glad you brought up inside linebacker, though, because much of what we do here on Butting Heads is just bitch about the fact that the Rams refuse to address <laughs> the position. Um, it's, you know, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to go offensive line at that pick unless, like you mentioned, you never know a blessing, unless somebody they really like at another position of mild need is there. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, let's say hypothetically, like, a guy like Jamin Davis or Jabril Cox, like a, a, a good second-round pick at inside linebacker who a lot of people expect to go a little higher. Let's say, like, hypothetically, one of those guys is sitting there at, in, at 50, 57. Like, do you really think that there's just no chance that they'll consider it based on history? Because, like, I hate to say it, I might agree with that, even though I – I think that is something they should seriously consider, even though I do think they're going to go line. But, like, I mean, based on the history we have, it seems like they wouldn't. Like, I mean, do you think there's any chance that at that pick they'll look at an inside linebacker? Yeah, I, I do think there's a chance. I, I think if – not that Zayvon Collins is going to fall that far, but if somebody like him fell all the way to 57, Jamin Davis and Jabril Cox are two players that I would absolutely take without question at 57. Um, I think – See, the thing with the Rams is they have the argument where, hey, we had the number one defense in the NFL last year, and we had Troy Reader, Micah Kaiser, and um, Kenny Young playing linebackers. So why should we sink assets into that position when we were still really, really good with with those guys playing linebacker? Um, but at the same time, we saw how good the defense uh, was against the pass really um, when Corey Littleton was playing linebacker. I, I should say they were good against the pass over the middle and with him covering running backs and tight ends and doing everything that he did. I think Jabril Cox and Jamin Davis are similar players. Um, I think they kind of changed the complexion of the defense with their range and just speed to sideline to sideline and, and dropping back and covering um, players over the middle. I, I absolutely think that's a vision they should consider drafting, and I don't think they should really ignore it any longer. Uh, Clay, Clay Johnston didn't work out last year. Um, other than that, they didn't—they really didn't do anything to the linebacker group. So I, w- I would strongly consider taking one there. I don't know what they would do. Just based on their pre-draft meetings that have been reported, um, it doesn't look like they're looking very strongly at, at inside linebackers. Most of the guys they've met with are day three guys, so – um, it kind of tells you that they're probably not going to take one very early. But like you said, I think I they, they should absolutely consider it, especially if Davis or Cox or, or someone on that top tier are there at 57. Otherwise, I think you can wait until the third round, which I don't even know if they would consider him there. So um, it's it's really hard to say what the Rams are going to do. Yeah, I, I'm praying that one of these day two picks, more likely in the third round, like you said, it goes mm-hmm. inside linebacker, but I'm not – I'm not banking on it at all. It's almost yep. like they're like the defense are like driving a Ferrari with no sound system. It's like, yeah, you got this Ferrari, but like, why wouldn't you just install the sound system so it could be perfect? You know, right. like you right. just got this one broken piece. It's going to run fine without it, but you could have it. Like it would be nice to have. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect analogy. And, and the Rams are in a situation where I would be, I would almost be more surprised if they took a line, an inside linebacker at 57, then I would be if they ignored the position altogether. Because I could absolutely see them just going all six picks, no inside linebacker at all. I, I, I think both would be surprising, but I would almost be more surprised if they took one at 57. Ugh. 
makes me so sad. Especially considering Jamin Davis is probably not going to be there. So it might be someone like Jabril Cox or Baron Browning or um, I'm trying to think of who another guy, Nick Bolton. He, he might go earlier too. Um, but unless there's really a guy they covet, I, I don't think they're probably going to go that direction. It would just be so nice to draft a player who, if he has to drop back into pass coverage, you're like, you're at least not immediately like, well, he's going to get cooked. Like yep. pretty much every linebacker on the <laughs> team <laughs> right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I I think those first that the day two is obviously going to be a crucial part of this draft, and day three will be too. You know, as we saw with Jordan Fuller, mm-hmm. and they've obviously drafted some other big players in the past, but that's a lot more of a crapshoot. That's not really like. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think any draft analysts, um, you know, you can't really sit here and predict the guys who are going to be home runs on day three. Because if you could accurately predict that, uh, they probably wouldn't be going on day three. Right. They would be going earlier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like with that pick number 57, I mean, is there anyone like that you've been researching that could realistically or even more likely than not will be there at 57 that you just see like, this is a home run. Like this is a guy that if he's there and he, there's a good chance he will be like, they really got to seriously consider this player. At first it was Asante Samuel jr. I, I thought kind of in the pre-draft process based on what everyone was saying and where he was projected to go. It looked like he would be a guy who, um, would be a really, really good pick at 57, but now they're talking. He's going to possibly sneak into the first round, um, which is 25 picks before the Rams are going to be on the board. So um, he seems kind of unlikely to get there. Um, I really like Elijah Molden. He can play safety, nickel. Um, He's someone who has a chance to be there at 57. And Peyton Turner from Houston, the the pass rusher, is someone that um, really intrigues me. He's, He's a bigger pass rusher, so... He can play outside linebacker. He can almost even line up at defensive end where where you had Morgan Fox and, and Michael Brockers. So it gives you some versatility there. I think he has a decent chance to be there at 57. Um, some Cowboys guys that I follow and, and analysts and stuff think he could be in consideration for them at, at 44. Um, but if he gets by there, you never know. He could be there at 57, which I think would be a really good pick for them. Um, and Joseph Osai would be another good one from Texas, a pass rusher but he's someone who's less likely, I would say, to be there at 57. Yeah, so I like, um, like with Asante Samuel Jr. and the cornerbacks, like I, I, I feel pretty confident that they're going to take a big look at cornerback mm-hmm. on day two, and if not, probably in the, the fourth round-ish. Um, but I, I pass edge rusher, I, I've been torn on whether or not, like I really think they're going to address this on day two. I mean, do you... Do you think that it's something they'll really look hard into, even with bringing Leonard Floyd back? Obviously, uh, you lose a guy like Samson Ibukan, but they have to Terrell Lewis and they have uh, Okoronko and some other more rotational mm-hmm. pieces. Uh, but even yeah. with the Lewis pick last year, like you think they'll they'll take a good look at edge rusher? I think maybe if Lewis was more stable, uh, didn't get hurt the couple times that he did, where his knee kind of flared up last season, I think it would be less of a need, but. Um, he hasn't been able to stay healthy in college or last season. Okoronkwo has had injuries. Um, Hollins is a good run defender, but I'm not sure he's the guy that you want as your right outside linebacker rushing the passer consistently. Um, so to me, you can never have enough pass rushers. And if you can get a guy who's versatile and can play that five technique defensive end spot too, it gives you more packages that you can go with on third down. 
um, where you can move him inside and then you have Floyd and say Okoronkwo or, or Lewis um, at outside linebacker rushing the passers. So um, I, I'm kind of with you there where I don't know if it's a position that they necessarily have to address because they do have enough options. But if there's a guy who is almost like a home run, he's he's a surefire um, instant contributor. If he lands there at 57, I think you take a shot. But um, with the way that pass rushers kind of take a little while to develop, maybe it's something they can just pass on altogether this this season and then look towards it next year when there's more more answers about Okoronkwo and, and Lewis. Because I think Okoronkwo is a, a free agent after this season. So um, maybe that's something they wait until next year. Yeah, and, and we've seen in the past with uh, with Dante Fowler year where they went into the season with even less energy at the position than they have mm-hmm. right now and yep. addressed it midseason. So, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me either way. Uh, yep. I think that's probably out of all these positions we've discussed, the one where they're going to let the board fall to them and see like yep. I don't I can't imagine they reach for an edge rusher. But if a, if the perfect fit is there, 57, it wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Yeah, um, completely agree. Yeah. I think that, you know, it seems like most people, and I think us included, the, the most popular choice at 57 seems to be offensive line. Most of the mock drafts I've seen have have the Rams going offensive linemen there, interior offensive linemen. Um, I, I guess, like, to me, because they let Austin Blythe go basically for fucking free, uh, <laughs> it seems like this is something they would address pretty early in the draft or they really like the guys in house to fill that void. Although as we saw two years ago, I kind of hope that's not the route they're going to go. Um, is there any, uh, any offensive linemen that we, we will likely be available at, at this pick that you think would be, be a good move for the Rams to go after. So the big three at center are Creed Humphrey, Landon Dickerson, and then Quinn Miners. And I'm not sure any of them will be available. All three of them that could be available. Um, this is, it's a tough draft to project where these interior offensive linemen are going to go because none of them are surefire first rounders or anything. And center is kind of a, a devalued position anyway um, when it comes to offensive line. So Humphrey, I would say should be their top target. And then you got Dickerson who was the top center in, in college football, but he has all these injury concerns with ACLs and, and things like that. Um, and then Miners is a D three guy who didn't play against a high level of competition in, in college, but really shined at the senior bowl. Um, I think the Rams would consider all three of them. It's just, it's hard to say whether they're going to be available. I think the most likely one to be there is Miners, and he's someone they've met with a couple of times in the the pre-draft process. I think their new offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry, has even talked to him. So I I think he's someone they would strongly consider if he's there at 57. Um, If they wait a little while, you can go with someone like um, Josh Myers at center. He can play um, and kind of come in and play pretty early. Um, there's, there's a, a, a few other offensive linemen who you can play at center. You can play at guard. Um, I'm kind of blanking on their names right now, but, um, it's not a position I would say they have to reach for at 57, but we do know that it's, it's a spot where they're going to add some talent. They kind of have to, they can't, they can't go into the season knowing Brian Allen or, or Coleman Shelton is going to be their starting center. And you don't know how Austin Corbett would transition to center if they do take a guard. Um, he, he struggled there with the Browns 
So I think they would be best off kind of taking a center, a, a guy who sol- like solidly plays center, not one of these guard transitions to, to um, center. I would take someone who's, who's had experience at center, played there well, and you can plug him in from day one and, and have him start next to Corbett and Edwards or, or whoever's going to play left guard. I think that'd be their best best uh, option, and I think that's something they can do on day on day two with uh, either their second or third round picks. Right. Yeah. I I think I'd be the most surprised out of any position if if they keep all three picks, not to leave with one interior offensive lineman, yeah. even if it is in the third round. I I'm glad you brought up Miner, though, because that's I, I'd love to get your thoughts on him and like how he would fit with the Rams. To me, you know, for a contending team that needs to fill this like the guy who they draft here if especially in the second round is more than likely going to start um but for a team that has super bowl aspirations like to me it's just tough to justify drafting a guy and starting him and the guy's going to go from playing against the university of wisconsin oshkosh <laughs> to playing against the san francisco 49ers like it just i i think he's a really interesting prospect but i feel like to me it's it's really risky for a team that needs a player they could plug in at this position if they're going to go that route uh, to go with this guy who, you know, he's being projected like this for a reason, but he did play D3. Like, yep. it's it's night and day, the competition. Yeah, it's it's going to be a huge jump in play. And just going from D1 to the NFL as an offensive lineman is a huge change because these guys are so much bigger, faster, stronger. Right. Um, than, than they are even uh, guys that Alabama offensive linemen are playing against. So it's it would be a huge jump for minors. I think the fact that he played really well at the Senior Bowl um, put him on more of more teams' radars and more analysts' radars because he kind of stood out there and, and looked apart and kind of maybe silenced some of these questions about whether he can play against a higher level of competition. But um, I, I hear you on that. It's, it's, a, it's a risk that they may, might have to take um, with him going from D3 to the NFL. Um, it's a tough jump, especially now they don't have Aaron Cromer, who's so good at coaching these offensive linemen. Um, it, it's, it's a tough call. Um, they like him, obviously. They met with him a couple of times, but he plays with good power. He's big enough. He's strong enough. Um, he just needs to refine his technique a little bit and kind of – uh, develop into an NFL offensive lineman. And I think if he can do that quickly enough, he'll be, he'll be a pretty big steal. If somebody gets him on uh, in say the, the late third rounder, I don't think he's going to drop to the fourth, but if teams really have questions about his competition level and, and things like that, he would be a, a great value on early day three. Yeah. I mean, if, if we take him with one of those day three picks, I'd feel a lot better than taking him yeah. at 57. Yep. Um, but even then, you know, the, the concerns would still be there. And I, Les Snead hasn't shied away from smaller school guys in the past, although I have vivid memories of Brian Quick and <laughs> recent but less haunting memories of Gerald Everett, who are both yeah. small school, inexperienced guys. And I would say neither worked out, though Everett yep. worked out a lot better than Quick, at least. Yeah. <laughs> So I've, I've seen like a, a decent amount of talk from people on, on Twitter about the possibility of the Rams, you know, as insane as it sounds, trading down even further. Uh, I mean, do you do you think this is like a realistic possibility that they could look at and maybe even grab an, an additional couple of third round picks to just kind of get as many lottery picks as possible, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. I, that would be what I would do, honestly. I would try to move down to 
even that early third round range, uh, maybe with a team like the Jets at 66, um, you got the Jaguars at 65. Um, if you even want to go a little bit further down, the Lions are at 72. We know the Rams like to trade with them. Um, I don't know if they would be willing to give up one. They have 101. I'm looking at it now. They have 101. So maybe they give up 101 and 72 for um, for 57 and you get two third round picks in addition to the two that the Rams already have. So you have four third rounders. Um, that would set them up with a pretty good haul for top t- top 110 picks. Um, you can really do some damage with that. Um, it, it, it kind of depends on how the board falls. I wouldn't trade away from someone like Creed Humphrey or one of the top pass rushers or even a top cornerback. But if they get wiped out at those positions, it's definitely something I would, I would think that Les Snead would consider, especially if they throw in an extra six-round pick. We know how much he loves those. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like insane to say that they should trade back. Like it really would not be a bad move. It's funny. I had a friend uh, who's not a Rams fan text me this week, and he was like, "Do you like even still care about the draft?" And I was like, <laughs> "Not, not as much." But like the last time the Rams had a first round pick, we traded back like four times. And yeah, that was the Taylor Rapp pick. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Rapp. Yep. Um, so we did all that speculation that year. We didn't pick it like sixty. Yep. <laughs> that was a fun one. Um, I, I guess my my last question is, you know, obviously we talked about like the obvious picks, like interior offensive linemen and you know edge rusher and stuff like that. Is there any direction, maybe not at fifty seven, but even in the third round, like a direction, a type of pick they could make that feels a little realistic, but would ultimately be kind of a surprise. Um, well, they've they've. I wouldn't say wide receiver would be a surprise, just given how how much they've looked at these wide receivers in the draft class and they've met with them and Dwayne Eskridge and um, Smith Marset and all these guys who they've, they've talked to. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance they're going to take a wide receiver. I don't think it's a huge need because they do have cup and woods and uh, Van Jefferson and now Deshaun Jackson, even though Jackson's only on a one-year deal. Um, they've, they met with Jacob Harris, who's kind of a wide receiver tight end hybrid guy. Uh, maybe you could see him going in round four. He kind of feels similar to Bryson Hopkins last year, but um, I, I don't know if there's really a huge surprise that they would do, but I would watch these wide receivers closely because it seems like a position they're really interested in and, and a spot that they want to add some talent. And, you know, Sean McVay, he can never have enough weapons on offense. And he's going to, if you get someone like Demetric Felton who can play running back and wide receiver and return kicks and punts and, all kinds of things that they really just want guys who can score touchdowns and make big plays. So I think that's a position that might surprise some casual fans with why do we need another wide receiver? We have Cooper cup and Robert Woods and all these guys, but um, it's, it definitely seems like a spot they're going to look at closely. Yeah. That guy who plays every position really gave me some Tavon Austin vibes, but to be fair, <laughs> if we could get a guy in like the third round who played like Tavon Austin did on his best at the Rams, we could use it because we could definitely use a kick returner and we could use that kind of versatility. Uh, yep. Though I would say if we take a receiver at 57, it would infuriate me a little bit to draft our fifth wide receiver over our first inside linebacker. <laughs> I would not be on board with the wide receiver at 57, even if Eskridge is there or any of those other um, kind of top guys. I, I just I can't see that being a good decision uh, by them. I, I agree. And I think if those top guys are there, 
there probably would be a market to trade back and yeah they would explore it yep um yeah well i guess like uh i guess my last question is you know um I, I feel like she answered this, but like one guy who, who is your dream pick at, at 57 for the Rams? I think, I think Creed Humphrey would definitely be up there. Um, the center from, from Oklahoma. Yeah. He's I think just kind think of he's a, mine too. Yeah. He's just a plug and play center. Going to solidify the position for five, 10 years. Um, never really have to worry about him. Um, I, I think he would probably be my, my pick there. If Asante Samuel is there, that would be, a, a really tough call between him and Humphrey, but um, I think with the Rams' needs and how how they need a center, I think I would lean towards Humphrey. Yeah, I would love Humphrey, man. He'd, he'd be absolutely perfect and yep. would solve a lot of problems. Where yep, you know, no, really, at this pick, he'd probably solve more problems than anyone else I could get. Yep, yep, I would say the same. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let the people know where they could follow you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cam Silva, and then all my work is published at The Rams Wire. If you're on Twitter and you listen to this podcast, I would hope you're already following Cam. He is definitely a, a must-follow in the Rams Twitter sphere. Uh, all right, man. Thank you for coming on. really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks again for Cam coming on the pod. Uh, he will definitely be back later on in the offseason, most likely preseason. Uh, don't forget to follow him on Twitter, and, of course, keep an eye on Rams Wire. They're putting out some great content all the time and don't forget to follow us on twitter at super and at talk rams and of course my beloved missing co-host johnny at johnny five not six let's hope for the best hope we uh really knock this draft out of the park and hopefully we do not take a running back again uh which i don't think we will all right we will talk to you guys later in the week Sean Payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon you feel me